Today's episode of the Cloudcast is sponsored by Datadog, the monitoring platform for cloud-scale infrastructure and applications. Datadog provides dashboarding, alerting, application performance monitoring, and log management in one tightly integrated platform, so you can get end-to-end visibility quickly. And it integrates seamlessly with AWS, so you can start monitoring EC2, RDS, ECS, and all your other AWS services in minutes. Visualize key metrics, set alerts to identify anomalies, and collaborate with your team to troubleshoot and fix issues fast. Sign up for a free trial today, and Datadog will send you a free t-shirt. Visit datadoghq.com slash cloudcast to get started. That's datadoghq.com slash cloudcast. Cloudcast Media presents, from the massive studios in Raleigh, North Carolina, this is the Cloudcast with Aaron Delb and Brian Gracely, bringing you the best of cloud computing from around the world. Good morning, good evening, wherever you are, and welcome back to the Cloudcast. This is show 402 and the last of our 44400 series. And um, for this one, this is definitely going to be more of, uh, you know, kind of the soft skills, if you will. This is talking about careers again and, and long time friend of this show, guest on the show, guest host on the show, uh, Amy Lewis. Uh, Amy Lewis is going to be uh, joining us to talk about career journeys. And and what we thought we would do for a little bit today is a, a little bit, you know, kind of like the last one, the last show uh, in 401 was some lessons learned, but this one is a little bit more of, okay, how many jobs have we had personally and, and, you know, kind of like our snapshots we've been doing here and, and, and what kind of suggestions do we have, um, to help everyone, uh, do better going forward and, and some kind of lessons learned. So, so Brian, do you want to kick it off? Yeah, I'll get started. Um, so, you know, I thought what we would do is we would talk a little bit about, you know, kind of two things. One, you know, it feels like in this day and age with the pace of technology and, you know, jobs changing and companies, you know, have adding people, people leave, all these sort of things. People are changing jobs more often. And so we wanted to, to sort of relate to that a little bit. I think we've, we've both had our fair share of jobs over the last seven, eight, nine years. Uh, but also maybe just talk a little bit about like why certain decisions got made and, you know, kind of what we thought the pros and cons were. And, and maybe that will help somebody along the way. So I'll, I'll start. Um, you know, when we started the show, I was, I was at Cisco. Um, Cisco is a place I'd been at for a very, very long time. Um, but quite honestly, it was, at least for the space that I was in, it was sort of at the decline of, of where Cisco was. It wasn't something that I looked out at the industry and said, you know, this is a company that I think I'm going to be at for the next five, six, seven years with the technology stack they have. Um, you know, and so I, I went looking uh, for some other stuff and, and had an opportunity, um, you know, to, to do a couple of different things. One was kind of initially in the hybrid cloud space. So I was helping to, to build a, a product and, and marketing team around hybrid cloud for EMC. Uh, so that was a fun opportunity. It allowed me to get out of this core area that I was in, out of networking and into data center virtualization cloud. And then the second round I had at, at EMC was this crazy ride that I think I've talked about a little bit where um, as crazy as it was, they, they wanted me to start a team and, and, and help run a team that did open source at EMC. And, and way back in the day, that was insane. It's still probably a little bit insane, but uh, you know, got a chance to you know, do something that was completely crazy. And, and I sort of told myself, look, um, while this might seem a little bit crazy at the time, um, if you're smart about it, the lessons you will learn from this can be helpful in the next company if, for whatever reason, culturally, they decide not to keep it around. So those were a couple of early job changes I made as we were starting the Cloudcast. How about you? Um, you know, so it, it, it's funny. I've been thinking about this, and actually, I, I have kind of two tidbits to take away, but I have to probably explain them. The first one is don't have a plan. And, and 
most people are like, what? And are there, you know, especially, oh, in three years, I want to do this. Or in five years, I want to do this. Honestly, looking back on my, you know, 20 plus years in this career, I don't think I've ever had a plan. Or if I have, even if I made one, it never went past the next job anyway. Um, It might be a good thought exercise to think about, here's what I like to do this is the kind of work, you know, do I want to lead teams? Do I want to be, you know, a more senior engineering role? Like I agree that those kinds of things are extremely helpful, but to have this, I need this kind of position at this kind of company. It doesn't, you know, I, I shouldn't say it doesn't matter, but it's not nearly as important as, you know, what do you, what lessons are you learning that you can take forward? What, what is the idea of when something comes up, being open to that, being that, that, uh, you know, opportunity meeting preparation intersection, that is far more important. Um, and certainly the vast majority of my career opportunities have simply been that, I, you know, constantly learning, constantly stretching myself kind of out of my comfort zone into other areas and trying to learn as much of both the technology and business sides over the years. And so I would ask everyone to, to, to keep doing that and keep pushing yourself towards that. But also ultimately, if you want to uh, move above and beyond kind of individual contributor level, if you will, think about what funnel you want to be in, right? Like there's these typical funnels in companies, right? There's marketing, there's sales, there's engineering, there's product management, there's support, where do you want to be? Which funnel do you want to be in? And then kind of figure out how comfortable up in that you want to go, right? Like, I'm never going to be a C-level. Nope. I just, <laughs> I don't even want to ever be something like that, right? Like, that's just not in my career aspirations, right? And so, like, you know, ha- have an idea of which funnel you want to be in. And, like, I used to be, like, for years, I was in a sales funnel, right? I was out doing customer calls and, and pre-sales and post-sales. And I, you know, I didn't like post-sales. I got out of post-sales as quick as I could, but I really enjoyed pre for a while, but now I admit lately I'm more on the business side and, and getting more in the channel and partner side, which is, you know, kind of a return to roots of my previous employer back when I was technical. And so, you know, be open to all of those and kind of have this idea of where do you want to be and, and which funnel do you want to be in, but be open all yep. at the same time. <clears throat> yeah, no, I would, I would agree with that. I, the other thing I would say is, um, you know, in, in whatever way you go about doing it, we ended up doing it uh, through the podcast, uh, but ultimately, you know, find find what I always like to call a side hustle, um, something that, you know, you take a little bit of your personal time, some time after work, some time on a weekend. I, I know, you know, people have family commitments or, or other things, but um, find a little bit of time, uh, start some sort of side hustle, something that will ultimately give you some experience around that thing that you think you might want to aspire to, right? And that might be uh, you know, back when we were getting started, like people were bloggers or they were vloggers, right? So it was like, I'm going to write and talk about my technical skills. We started doing podcasting that kind of exploded and became a thing. You know, if you're, if you're more of a developer, you want to be more technical, you know, make sure that the things that you're building, even if they're quirky, weird little projects or applications, get them on GitHub, make them so they're visible for people. I mean, um, anything that you can do that you're learning that skill, you're spending a little bit of time working on it kind of outside of your job. Maybe it relates back to your job. It relates to what you want to do next, but then make it visible because the, you know, the best thing, as Aaron said, when that thing comes along that maybe you didn't expect that opportunity comes along, you want to be able to say, you know what? 
maybe I'm not the best person for this. I may not have all the experience, but I have enough. I have, I, I have the passion to want to work on it. That's super important. People want that. And then you just want to show somebody, here's what I'm capable of, even if it's the tip of the iceberg, right? So, uh, you know, highly suggest that, you know, whether it's going to get in a certification, you know, go, go get a new a cloud guru certification or something, or write some, write, you know, write, write a really passionate blog, you know, do a few things like that. You know, do a podcast. We, you know, we're happy to help people get started with those things. We've shared that before, but um, you know, get that out there so that if somebody, you know, finds you, you're talking to somebody, you can show them something, right? Be that and have that next step ready for you. Yep, absolutely. And so with that, I guess we'll uh, close out this last one. Uh, so again, thank you for everyone for kind of going on this four for four hundred journey with us. And uh, with that, we have Amy Lewis coming up next. Today's show is sponsored by DigitalOcean. DigitalOcean offers the simplest, most developer-friendly cloud platform. It's optimized to make managing and scaling apps easy with an intuitive API, multiple storage options, integrated firewalls and load balancers, a new managed Kubernetes service, and much more. From predictable pricing to flexible configurations to world-class customer support, you'll get access to all the infrastructure services you need to grow your business. Plus, DigitalOcean's community provides over 2,000 tutorials to help you stay up to date on the latest open-source software, languages, and frameworks. So to get started on DigitalOcean for free, with a free $50 credit, go to do.co slash cloudcast. That's do.co slash cloudcast. And we're back, and we are wrapping up the fourth of our 4 for 400 shows. I hope you guys have all enjoyed them, and uh, we've enjoyed putting them on. It's been great to connect, connect with some old friends and uh, really talk about some of the topics that we think are going to drive what maybe the next two years, five years, ten years of all this discussion is going on. And... And so, you know, as Aaron and I kicked off in the beginning of the show, uh, we really not only wanted to dig into the people side of things, people and culture and so forth, uh, kind of to balance out the technology that we talked to in early shows, but we wanted to go and obviously talk to some folks who are living and breathing this and talking about it all the time. So great to have back friend of the show, longtime friend of the show and frequent guest of the show, Amy Lewis. Welcome back to the show. Thank you, Brian. It is good to have you back on. It's been a little while. Um, what and wait, are, are you are you calling me old because I prefer legacy? No, 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 no. Just <laughs> old, old in the context of the show. So you're, you know, you're, you're, you're eight years. That's it. Yeah, classic, classic eight year old. Classic. Uh, okay, good. Exactly. Oh, I am like a classic eight year old. That's good. That's right. Uh, you know, twenty nine in reality and eight years in podcasting years. <laughs> So, uh, you know, we, we love having you on. Um, you get out quite a bit. Obviously, your, your day-to-day job is around what people call influence marketing, but you spend a lot of your time out in communities, different types of communities these days, whether they're infrastructure or cloud or, you know, people, you know, trying to, to drive their career. So we thought it'd be fun to have you on. And you've been doing a number of, of talking, speaking keynotes at different things kind of all around the world about you know, what are the things that are shaping the way people think about their career and what makes them happy and what doesn't? And we thought we'd dive into those things. Awesome. One of your one of your talks, I know, is very much about, um, you know, how the cloud impacts people's careers and whether those are real impacts or they're kind of perceived concerns. Kind of start us off down the path of that conversation that you've been having with the community. So at the beginning of the year, I was thinking about what what have I heard so much about? What is the change in the industry? Where is the pulse going? And a few years back, um, everybody was told, you know, you've got to code or die, code or die. And yeah, it always seems like that, right? We're very, we're very, a um, little bit histrionic in our industry. It's very extreme and dramatic. And fast forward a few years, no one died, um, breaking news. 
and and fast forward a few years and we're now cloud or die cloud or die so and, and truthfully and respectfully i get it people are nervous when something um really takes root because i would say it's not that the cloud is new obviously but there seems to be more and more a shift a stampede if not everything some workloads so what kind of impact does that have on your career and how can you kind of um provide what i call job insurance for yourself that's that's the conversation we've been having yeah no it makes sense and you know i mean it's it's a reality every time and you know the vendors are probably as much to blame for this as anybody but uh you know the the analyst people with you know kind of hype cycles and all these types of stuff you know it's always like you said hey this new st- we have this weird thing in technology that at least early on, like we always want to make everything binary, right? It's yes, you, you will yes. go all in on something or you won't. And uh, which is funny, right? When we think we've moved past, uh, but we're still in binary. We're still zeros and ones. Right. And and the the neat thing is that we we don't you know, 99% of the time, we don't say it explicitly binary, except when Gartner <laughs> says things like bimodal. And then everybody freaks out and goes, no, no, it's not binary. It's definitely not binary. <laughs> Nobody wants to be in the old bucket. They want to be in the new bucket, but let's not, you know. So yeah, no, it's an interesting thing. And I, I think- it, it does always force people to go, um, you know, is that real? Like, should, yeah. should I, should I be concerned about that? And then the next thing that I think comes up and this was kind of the genesis of, of this podcast for Aaron and I was, okay, let's say that does actually happen. Whatever that next thing is, how do we figure out how to be relevant in the new yes. thing? And I, I think that's kind of a lot of the discussion that you end up having. Yes. And spoiler alert, I direct them to your podcast as one of the many resources. Oh, so no, it's, uh, it's becoming it's become an inception loop. <laughs> it is an inception loop. But to be fair, you guys were way ahead of the curve on that, as you as you say, as we sit on episode 400. Um, but I think a lot of people know more than they think they know. And part of the talk is about how do you go test? How do you find out what you do know, what you don't know? One of the things I suggest is going on um, an interview. Uh, at least once a year. And actually it was a great tip that came from audience feedback when I, when I did this talk at, um, at AWS at reInvent, because it was, uh, how do you know if what you know is totally based on your business? So real domain expertise versus under industry expertise. And the only way to check it is to see if, if somebody speaks the same language, interviews are relatively free, a little bit painful maybe for all of us, but it, it keeps, it keeps you um, in the stream. It, it helps you know what's what's wanted and what's very hireable and desirable out in the world. Interesting. So that essentially is saying, like, you know, do you know the banking industry, for example, right? Uh, Domain-specific right. knowledge versus I'm a, you know, insert vendor X, you know, EMC, VMware, Cisco, whatever it might be. Like, I know that technology. And it was interesting because one of the shows we did a couple of weeks ago, uh, Joe Emerson, who was talking about kind of next generation development, said that that's kind of becoming a, a boat anchor a little bit, like being the person who's only known for uh, a specific technology that's tied to specific vendor uh, becomes kind of a kind of a boat anchor. But if you know, like you said, a programming model or, you know, banking or, you know, some domain that becomes a little more flexible. Uh, absolutely. And and so, you know, and do you just know your company? Do you are you just very familiar with Acmeco? Versus truly having some some cloud proficiency. Um, so also talking about you know you don't have to know every platform, but start to do a survey. And I suggest people start even workload based. Best of all is if you can get your company to pay for your exploration to make sure they're helping you evolve in your career. Um, if you've got a workload that's cloud ready, go out and, and see which platform is it best for. 
um, learn the lingo, learn the billing, all that makes you a partner in the business and less vulnerable whenever they're, they're looking to, uh, to make changes. So give us an example when, when you say, you know, go, go do an interview. Um, you know, I think for some people, there's always a fear of like, wait a second, what does that mean? Uh, what if my boss finds out I'm interviewing? Like give, give an example. Is this a suggestion of like, literally maybe go try and find another job or find, you know, meet somebody in the community and then sort of do a, a mock interview with them as if maybe you were going to go work for them, but you're, you know, the understanding is this is just to figure out what it would be like to be somewhere else, or is it somewhere in between? I, I think depending on someone's comfort level, sort of step one, I tell folks to go on LinkedIn and clean up their LinkedIn, right? Be prepared as if you were going on an interview, um, you know, and it also gives you incredible research to figure out like what the terms, what's out there, et cetera. Uh, if you are truly concerned that you're going to jeopardize your current standing, then absolutely you want to, you want to make sure that you, you do this in this sort of community um, friendly way, not necessarily in a full out interview way. Um, but you know what? I, I think it's okay too. If you've done your LinkedIn cleanup and your research and you see something that's interesting, it's, it changes your posture as well. When you go out and, and sort of, test interview as opposed to, oh my gosh, I've got it. I've got to get this or I'm going to cry. Right. Very different energy. So going into it with a sort of informational interview attitude will help you understand what you know, what you don't. And, you know, reminding folks that the first line of defense at any true full interview is going to be less technical than you. Do you know the right words to get through the gate? Right. Or is this going to be something where you have to know somebody to get in? Um, because they know that you do good work and they know that you're flexible and they know that you can learn things. So it, it's a, it can be anywhere on that spectrum, right? From a, a sort of friend or view. Can we, can we coin that? I think that could be a trademark. There you go. Um, friend or view, to, ta- trademark. Yeah. Right? <laughs> TM, we've claimed it here. Um, versus versus a, a full, full, you know, just see if you can get through the front gates of a company you may have admired or be interested in. Yeah, no, I like the idea of it. I've actually seen, uh, especially like you said, on the, on the LinkedIn or resume side, I've seen people who will walk up like at a trade show or something and you, you, know, you, you do that typical thing if you're working in the booth and you go, hey, do you do cool new thing X? And they'll kind of go, uh, yeah, but we don't really call it that or, or whatever. So you know, maybe, maybe right. it's a buzzword like DevOps. And it's, it would be an interesting kind of experiment to say, okay, let's say you do something, right? Let's say you are in uh, system administration, for example, and you go, okay, if I changed my LinkedIn and it now said DevOps as opposed to like Linux systems administrator, yes. what would that mean for me? Right? Like, and it gets, right. in, and it gets into you going like, do I think I could back that up? Do I, if that's, yes. if that's what people are going to start paying for next, should I, what do I have to do? Do I need to uh, do some things that are visibly public? Like, do I have to create some things in GitHub or should I try to right. get a speaking slot at that next DevOps days? Or like, it, it is an interesting thought experiment to go like, if, you do that. And and obviously the first step might be, like you said, clean up LinkedIn. The second step might be like, do I have the things behind it? And then the next yes. one might be, I probably should maybe go take a couple of online courses, you know, go take an A-Cloud Guru class Absolutely. or something like that. Yeah. It's interesting to go like, how many steps would I need to really be real in that thing that people are now telling me is an important thing? And so many people I'm talking to are architects. So whiteboard it out, right? And I know, Brian, you're the master of the whiteboard. So left-hand side, kind of where you are and map to where you want to be. And like you said, see what the Delta is, because people are often surprised that it's a, a, a change in language 
Um, the knowledge gaps are not as extreme as they they think. Having good sense and understanding the the language of the business, which is another tip I have. Um, as as technologists, people are more and more being called on to be advisors because in a world where anybody can swipe a card, there is no shadow IT. And if your value is from blocking work, then you've decreased your value. So it has to be about contributing to the business. And one way to do that is not just being the smartest technical person in the room, but really understanding, to your point, banking, healthcare. You know, I always joke that I think my revelation, you know, we've said for a long time, um, every company is an IT company now. But having a conversation, you know, those flip-flop kiosks in the mall? Yeah. They're an IT company. That blows my mind. That to me is like, that's the job you have, you know, in high school to make, to make gas money. And that's an IT company um, in terms of data they produce, et cetera, et cetera. There's an IT need everywhere. Become fluent in the business opportunity of cloud, then you've really got something. So that's understanding billing. That's understanding terminology. And absolutely agree. Uh, a cloud guru came up over and over when I surveyed Twitter What's the way you would get started? Every Almost every single person brought them up. I went and checked the platform out myself. I love it for being teaching you how to learn about cloud. If you're very, very new in, they do some great survey work on all the platforms. So it's pretty agnostic as you get started. So you can... You can figure it out for yourself, kind of where your preferences are. Yeah. The, the other little tidbit I'll throw out to people, um, I, I get invited a lot to, uh, you know, so-and-so says, please come out to visit my customer. They're in this industry and they would like to have an executive conversation about how you're going to help them, you know, be more differentiated in the healthcare industry, in mm-hmm. the insurance industry. And, and to a certain extent, if you're a technologist, you go like, well, my technology applies to these things. And you can, right. you can obviously do you know, a quick search on the web and go learn some things about that company. What I've found actually is there are a whole bunch of podcasts that have recently popped up and uh, not pushing podcasts for podcast reasons, but like you want to learn about, you want to learn about fintech and how they talk about fintech. There are interesting new fintech podcasts. There are insure tech podcasts. There's always one or two in the A16Z bucket that talks about that domain. So if you're, even if, let's say you're in some domain, you're in insurance, for example, and you're like, well, I kind of know my company, but maybe I don't know enough about these other aspects of it. You don't necessarily, I mean, hopefully you're meeting people in your industry and you're getting to know cross-functionally, but like, if you just want a resource that will start talking the lingo that you probably are going to need to understand, they're great resources out there. They're not hard to find these days. I'm surprised at how many are popping up and, and I'll stick, you know, I'll stick those on my podcast player, you know, sometimes a couple weeks before shows just so I'm like, I want to know the words they're using. I don't want to bullshit. I don't want to bullshit them, but I kind of want to know why certain things are important. Those have kind of helped me a little bit. I think that's a great tip. And and to your point, I've done this talk around the world. And so there's always a bit of humor there. I'm, I'm a native English speaker. I don't speak fluently another language. So the Europeans can freely openly mock me because they all speak like eight languages. But um, it, the concept of lost in translation really resonates there, right? Um, because, uh, and, and we joke, even if you are UK English versus, or as they call it, English English versus American English, they're words that get lost in translation. So the value of listening to something specific or reading something specific kind of in preparation can't be overstated. Just knowing the nouns of, of what you're going to do makes you more powerful. Yeah. No, it's, you know, in America, it's I'll put a boot in your ass. And, and in, in the UK, it's I'll put your ass in the boot. You know, it, they all mean the same thing. <laughs> Ultimately, it's an insult. You just got to know the, the, the order of things. 
So. Or the most important thing I learned, which is never, ever, ever say you've eaten pineapple pizza if you're in Italy. Oh, yeah. No. Makes them really uncomfortable. They send people after you. That makes us uncomfortable in the United States, too. So, <laughs> so the other the other the other sort of nuance and, and trend that you've had in some of your talks, and again, you know, the, the key to a lot of these keynote talks is um, you know, unless you're going to get super serious, just make them fun, make them relatable. You've been using uh, the, um, the the Netflix uh, joy of um, thing, you know, the, the the organizing thing as part of your talks to help people go like, you know, what what makes me happy? What can I get rid of? Um, we weave that together for us. How are you making that into an interesting story? Um, so the the last slide. So lecture, lecture, lecture. You know, you wanna you wanna do something different. It's gonna be hard work. There's a lot of. But Amy, I don't have time. How do I do this? Um, and so my closing slide actually is features Marie Kondo and many people, uh, recognize her with a question, does it spark joy? Um, when you go down this path, there is going to be a learning curve. Like we said, I, I highly recommend find that whiteboard. You know, I know everyone in our sound of our voice has got one somewhere close by, right? Find the whiteboard, kind of map out where you are and where you want to get to, but look on that path and see what sparks joy. What new technology, what form of technology, what platform, what workload, what is it about moving forward that sparks joy? Because that's the thing that's going to pull you in it and, and keep you interested. That's, that's why we got into this business to begin with, right? It is an ever-changing business. It is a fast-paced business. It's a problem-solving occupation. So figure out what sparks joy. Yeah. No, I think it's thank you, thank you Marie Kondo. And full credit to you. Can we can we just say Brian uh, full admission. We uh we had a little bit of a conversation about that and uh I I credit you with that that concept marrying Marie Kondo to technology. So uh um hey everybody everybody else talks about Netflix when they talk about cloud. So you got to weave in Netflix <laughs> somehow. That's good. Well, and it's part of what I actually talk to people about as well cuz we get I get a lot of questions about mentors. Yeah. And you, you have been one of my life mentors and in, in this, this crazy career. And I, if you're, if you're lucky, you'll have many mentors. And I encourage people to look for people they admire who are doing things they admire and work they admire outside their own cube walls. Cause it's, it's so important to have that, that trusted source to bounce ideas off of and to think differently. Yeah, no. And I, I think the, the, the organizational part of the, the Marie Kondo thing or even the sparking joy part of it. I, and I speak of it as if I've watched the show. I've never really watched the show, but I, I kind of know it, you know, secondhand, but it, it does, it does do a couple things to you. One is it forces you to say like, what are the important things that, you know, cause when you're doing a job search, for example, you might be like, well, is it, is it about title? Is it about money? Is it about right. the things? And, and, and the reality that you, that you find is like, you're not going to find a job that gives you all of those things, right? So if you're, if you have this thing where you're like, I really want to be out in front of people a lot, but boy, I don't want to travel. That seems like a pain in the butt. Or, um, you know, like I, I, I want to make a lot, a lot of money, but I don't want to manage people or, you know, like these trade-offs become like, well, you can't necessarily have all of them. And I think finding that priority and that priority ultimately will be the things where you go like, if you only had one or two of these, would you, do you think you'd be happy in that job? Because that might be the trade-off you're making. If you're like, look, I'm going for the most money I possibly can. You better go. Well, I hope that making of the money and whatever you do with it makes you the most happy because you will be on a lot of connecting flights through Atlanta or LaGuardia or whatever the hell it is. And that will, and that will make you, that will make you miserable. So figure out what those trade-offs are. No, and, and I will, again, another source that I point people to, um, there's a new podcast called real job talk that, uh, Kat Troyer and Liz Bronson do. It's, 
I appreciate its sassiness and its, its unapologeticness from two people in the industry who've done this a really long time. And one of their suggestions is make a, a another thing for the whiteboard, an ideal job requirements. And it's um, must-haves, nice-to-haves, avoid. And, uh, of course, it sparks joy in my heart because it makes me think of the uh, the old Geek Whispers question I used to pop people with of what would you never do again. Um, it really is very clarifying. The best uh, about before I came into technology, when when tech was eating my my lunch as in the, in the publishing industry, I um, I went to a job counselor, and they did a test that's exactly what you describe. It basically A B tests at like a hundred different traits, and you have to compare each one if you could only choose one, right? A B A B A B, and it's amazing what pops up because probably when you ask people off the top of their head what's important to you in a job, they're going to say something like money or um, title or some of the classics, but it's that subtle stuff that we don't think of that is actually what makes it sustain and what, what gives us truly sparks joy. So absolutely worth the time to write it down and then see if you've got too many things in either one of those categories, you know, nice to have, must have avoid. Um, if you have, like you said, if you only could pick a couple, what would win? And it's, 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 shocking usually it will surprise you very cool i like that i like the framework and uh you know for for anybody who doesn't maybe know kat troyer she's she's john's wife uh, a lot of folks know john troyer from the vmware community and all the cool stuff he does but uh cats is sort of the backbone of a lot of the things they're building these days so definitely something to go take a look at it we'll put it in the show notes um amy are your are your cat memes in your slides proprietary could we share those with people if they wanted to see them <laughs> Um, you know, it's a, it's wide open. My, my trade secret in doing this talk, I have a, I do have a variety of memes in there. I update one each time, um, to make it local. And so when I was in St. Louis, Google, 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 um, I'm like, Oh, I have to get to the bottom of this. Do you know about the St. Louis bagel cut issue? Oh yeah. It looks like the thing you can get at Panera for like a, uh, yeah. Panera will bread slice you bagels if you want to. Yes. so it's like bread. I said, it's no longer a bagel. It's just bread. So that was, uh, but the best kind of feedback from an audience member, they said, the next time you use the slide, you can say, just think it's like a data center with lots of VMs. <laughs> and I don't know why I'm still laughing about that. So all the, all the memes are open. I do try to keep it local. Um, I have learned a lot at every stop, but what I've learned is everybody's a little nervous. There are a lot of people who are excited. Everybody's in a different place in the journey. And if you're willing to find a way to do the work, everybody can stay relevant. We're in an industry that changes all the time. Yeah. Yeah. No, that is the, the only constant in this industry is change. And, and yeah, more than anything, I think the, the best skill you can have is an ability to learn. And even if you can learn right. the, the little nuances and the little incremental things, uh, it's, it's a good skill to have. So, Amy, I'm going to wrap it up with that. Um, I know you're short on time and uh, we appreciate all the insight as always. Um, if folks want to kind of go, you know, pick your brain about stuff or find out things you're working on, what's, uh, what's always the good ways to, to get in touch? Um, ping me at comms ninja on Twitter. I, I spent a lot of quality time there. All right. Very good. Very good. Well, folks, uh, as always, you know, thank you to, for, for Aaron and myself. Thank you to Amy for being on. Uh, thank you to everybody for being around for 400 plus shows. If you've been around that long, or if you've been around for four or 40, we, we appreciate it. Uh, thank you all for listening as always. Thank you for telling a friend, helping us grow the show and thank you for rating the show on iTunes or wherever you find your podcast. So with that, we're going to wrap up our four for 400 series. We will be back with uh, new regular shows next week. And uh, thank you everybody for listening. We'll talk to you next week. 
Thank you for listening to The Cloudcast. Please visit thecloudcast.net to find more shows, show notes, videos, and everything social media. 